Welcome to the broadcast at Mount Gilead Baptist Church. We invite you to join us here on this station each Sunday morning at 8 a.m. We also invite you to join us in person at 11 a.m. The church is located at 5332 Highway 52 East, Dahlonega, Georgia. Now join Pastor Les Fuller as he brings God's Word. Let's turn to the book of Joshua, chapter number 7. Joshua, chapter number 7. I, I don't know, this morning I feel like that the Lord has a message. And sometimes it's easy for me to just to just know 100% of what God is telling uh, me to say to you. And then there's other times where I really have to dig down deep and pray. And today may be one of those days. I said a while ago that the months of uh, September, October, and November are three of my most favorite months at Mount Gilead. And I'm going to show you some things that I have noticed that God does through through. Uh, you all in the ministry here at Mount Gilead, when we're in revival season and I'm off going and I'm working, it's not that our services are any different or that maybe we don't have the same anointing on it. It's just that our minds get off into other things. But when things settle down, I feel like that God gives, gives me unique messages to give you all that hopefully build and edify the body of Christ. I love to teach from the Word of God, and I love to do it this way. I love to take the Bible verse by verse, line upon line, precept upon precept, and expose to you what God is saying through His Word. And I feel like these next three months in our year, God uses those three months to help build us, to grow us, that we can be more mature as a Christian so that God uh, can help us in the days that are coming ahead. Winter's coming. Winter's coming. And along with winter comes what David said. A lot of people get the sniffles. And then they get afraid and they get scared. They don't want to come to church. Now if you've got the flu, you have my permission to stay at home. But if you're, if you're able-bodied, you need to be in church. You need to be in the house of God. And take advantage of what God is saying from this pulpit to you in your Christian journey. But today, I feel like this morning as we read from chapter 7 out of the book of Joshua, that these verses deal with my sin and your sin. There is nobody in this church today that is 100% completely right with God all the time. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Let's read now in verse number 22 and verse 23 of this verse, and I hope and I'm assuming that you have a past history of this book of Joshua. It's been said that the book of Joshua is likened unto the church at Ephesus in the New Testament. Anybody that knows anything about your Bible, you'll know that the Ephesians at the church of Ephesus were the model church. Now God has done some great things for the children of the Lord of Israel is that now they were on their way to conquering and having the blessings of God in their life. But let's read about some things that they're going to have to face before we get to those high places of living, so to speak. Verse 22, and the Bible says, So Joshua sent messengers, and they ran unto the tent. Those of you that don't know that they're going to the tent of Achan. 
And Achan was a sinner. He had fallen short of what God said that God told them not to do. Let me say something right quick, church. When God puts a boundary in our lives, He does not put that boundary there to harm us, to hurt us, or to keep us away from some kind of specific knowledge. No, He puts boundaries in our life so that we don't hurt ourselves. And we have finally gotten to the place in America where they're trying to tear down walls and boundaries all around us saying that they want to be free. They want to be free from God, from the laws of God. They want to be free from what the laws say in the Word of God. Listen to me. I know that we're in grace this morning, that we're saved by grace through faith, but we still have boundaries that God places around us in our lives. So Joshua sent messengers. They ran into the tent. And behold... It was hid in his tent and silver under it. Let me read the next verse and we'll stop there. And they took them out of the midst of the tent and brought them unto Joshua and to all the children and unto all the children of Israel and laid them out before the Lord. I'll stop reading there. This morning I want to try to preach with a question that I want to pose to you this morning. What's in your tent? What is in your tent today? that nobody knows about but God. Let me show you what God does in this chapter. In fact, this is a wonderful place to study from because we see in verse number 1 that the children of Israel committed a trespass. Now, how did, how did the writer write this and know from verse number 1 that Achan was going to be the one that was going to be called out for his sin and trespass? Number 1... God knows everything. God is all-powerful. He's omni, uh, omnipotent. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. He knows everything that we do. Every, you know, something that ought to make you consider about the next time that you sin willfully against God is the fact that God knows your thoughts. How dangerous it is when we have a thought that turns from a thought to lust and then lust uh, being conceived in our mind turns into an action and then that action becomes the sin that separates us not only from God but from our families. If you'll study this chapter number 7, you'll find, uh, you'll find in this chapter that, and I want to ask you, how would you like to have this posed to you in your life? Read verse 1, but the children of Israel committed a trespass in the accursed thing for Achan, who was the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerai, uh, of the tribe of Judah. He doesn't just name off Achan in these verses in this chapter, but now he's going to generations. He starts likening his own family. Uh, and I know that none of us are held accountable for what mama and daddy have done or grandparents what they have done. But, uh, but for some reason or the other, the Holy Spirit puts this into the, into the, into the plan of this chapter that, uh, that this man Achan, these are his people. I want to tell you this morning, if you've got a family that's had a problem with, uh, let's say, excessive drinking... A lot of the time, those excessive drinking habits come to the next generation. They see it. 
And they follow suit of what's being said and done. And now listen to me. I'm not against people. Uh, listen this morning that were raised in that type of lifestyle. How do you know? How can you say that? Because I have been there. I have witnessed that. I know what it is. But listen to me this morning. I don't want the, the generational sins of my family to come down on my children because of, of the lack of being able to be sensitive unto God about what was right and what was wrong. Let me say something to you this morning. God has put boundaries in our life to help us not to harm us. And I'm amazed at how easy it is for many of God's people to walk away or to step over the boundary that God has placed and seemingly have no kind of feeling whatsoever. And that, that alarms me. That troubles me that somebody could be that way. And listen, I'm not here to call out everybody's sin. That's, I want to help everybody. I want people to know that no matter what we have done, that God is a God of forgiveness and that God is a God of love. But now, let me jump back here. I feel like that sometimes when we read uh, a, a chapter or we're preaching from a chapter in the Bible, that it's important for us to not only look to look after that chapter, but let's look prior to see what God is doing. If you, if you remember chapter number 6, there had been a great, great victory that had come through Joshua. Joshua had, had been going around this city with the people of God, around Jericho. And Jericho was a wicked city, mind you. And now that they've been going around seven times and the walls uh, come down. And this is a conquest battling time for the nation of Israel. Let me go back a little bit further. We see this victory. Let's go back a little bit further. How many of you remember before that Joshua comes on the scene, there was a man by the name of Moses. And Moses was leading the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage. If you'll have it, they had gotten their conversion. They had become the children that God was calling them to be. And now they're on their journey to the promised land. Amen. Listen to me. The children of Israel were told to never forget where they came from. I can't help my past. And I don't want to forget my past. I wished I could about some of the things and, and you know, just things in my life in general that I wish uh, I had a second chance to do over and to make right. Uh, maybe, maybe I ought to acted a little bit different uh, towards uh, uh, family members. Maybe I've not been so hasty with my words. Maybe, just maybe, I would have humbled myself down just a little bit more just so uh, that God could have brought about some form of reconciliation uh, for people that's already in heaven. They say, preacher, I don't understand what you're getting at. But listen to me. We all have things that we have done in the past that we wish that we could have made right and fixed. But listen, Moses is gone, and now Joshua is on the scene, and I love what Joshua does. He's a picture and type of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In fact, his name means to be Savior. But in chapter number 6 of the book of Joshua, you see where that Joshua has done something so great that through the power of this man's word and his voice that the walls of this city come down. Many of you this morning have walls in your life that could come down if you just put yourself in the position to hear God and see God and experience God in your life. All these great things are happening, but under this condition of blessing... 
God tells Joshua, he says, I want you to tell the people that I don't want them to take anything from this accursed city. It was off limits. They couldn't have it. They were not to take anything from this city. Uh, God says, I don't, want, I don't want you to even uh, have it in your possession. But how is it in the midst of great blessings or even in the midst of great trials in our life that many of God's people, their eyes get so big? You noticed in the Word of God that it was through the sin of seeing. In other words, you see something and it gets big in your eyes and you begin to manipulate in your mind. Well, I could have that. That could be mine. And that's what Achan does. In chapter 7, Achan, Achan was so self-righteous that he looked and he saw the spoils of Jericho. Of Jericho and, and listen to me, the walls of Jericho were down. God did this great victory. But Achan is a picture and a type of like many of God's people today. You know, it's hard to tell the difference, Brother Mike, of God's people anymore and the world. They act like the world. They talk like the world. They sing the world songs. They do everything like the world does. But on Sunday morning, we're going to come to church in our, in our own righteousness and we're going to act like God is going to be satisfied. Let me challenge you with something. The last time you prayed, examine it. What do you mean? When you were on your knees before God, what did it sound like? Most of the time when people even are even called upon in church to pray, it sounds about like a, a negotiation or a deal that's trying to go down with God other than prayer. We're going to say, God, God, if you'll do this for me, then I'll do this for you. Listen, we do, God don't owe us anything. And God don't have to answer my prayer or your prayer. He'll still be God. God don't have to tell Joshua what his next move is going to be. Uh, God didn't have to tell Joshua that Achan was the one that had sin. But listen, in God's goodness and his mercy, God oftentimes answers our prayer even though that we don't pray right. And I challenge you, the next time that you enter into prayer with God, consider your words. And how that you talk to him. We're not negotiating a deal of like we're trying to buy real estate. No. We're on our knees before God. We're in prayer to God. If you read chapter 7, you'll find that Joshua was on his knees and all the, he'd sent 3,000 men into Ai and they thought that they were going to destroy Ai. Was just the, isn't it easy that after a great victory, we've got a, 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 our, our perspective of ourself is just like, well, we've, we've won a great battle. We don't need anybody's help anymore. God, if we need you, we'll call it. And listen, anytime a great victory has been had, now listen. Some of you that's just gotten saved and baptized. Some of you this morning uh, that have been active in our church. You better be careful. The devil's upset. And just because you've gotten saved and you've gotten baptized does not mean that everything is going to be right uh, and everything's going to be uh, easy from this day forward. In fact, that's the furthest thing from the truth. 
You have now entered into the field of the Lord where it's going to be temptations that come your way, trials that come your way, tribulations that come your way where you're going to have to buckle down and get your eyes and your affections set on God. If I could say anything to a young Christian in this church this morning, be faithful to church. Be faithful to the house of God. Listen, the the devil would like it no other way than for you uh, to be destroyed early in your Christian experience with God. And many of you this morning I'm praying for, I'm praying for that the Holy Spirit will get a hold of you or that you'll have such a desire of God in your life or that there's nothing that could keep you away from the house of God. Achan looked, and isn't that the truth of it? We look and we see something And we begin to manipulate ourselves. You know, you can think what you want want to about what I'm fixing to say, but uh, uh, I'm very drawn to and very much trying to study and figure out uh, the psyche or the psychology of of people. Of people. They say, well, preacher, that's a work for doctors. And And I understand that there are doctors that do certain things, but you ever... Think about Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. What did the devil use? What did he use to try to manipulate Eve? Her mind. I can tell by looking at most of you today, your elevator don't go all the way up. Your mind is where the battle is won or lost at. And it's there in our minds that, our, that we think certain things about ourselves. We had such a wonderful, wonderful lesson this past Wednesday downstairs with the youth. And I tell you what, God showed up. I had my Bible out and we were taking it verse by verse and we were studying. And uh, Tony's daughter, she just blessed my heart. She just started weeping and she said, Preacher, you've helped me tonight. You have helped me. And out of the mouth of babe, and I tell you what, it touched my heart. There wasn't many of us in there uh, on, on this past Wednesday, but God was there, and that's all that matters. And I was trying to put the Word of God in their minds, in their minds so that they can remember uh, how, to, how that they can overcome the enemy. And, I, and listen, by the way, we were in the book of John, chapter number 5, and what a blessing and a gift to have a copy of God's Word. Uh, but listen to me, that some of you are headed to some terrible, terrible experiences in your life if you don't start thinking right. Achan began to look at this, at this spoil that was there, and he began to think, and it was in his mind the battle was lost. I'm going to tell you what. I can just about guarantee everybody in this church that's been saved for any length of time, the accuser of the brethren is going to show up from time to time in your life, and he's going to tell you things about yourself. Some of it may be true, and some of it may be a lie. And based on how you respond to the accuser of the brethren will be, will be based on the kind of experience that you have in the Lord Jesus Christ. What do you mean, preacher? Some of you stand in front of the mirror and you look at yourself and you say, I wish I was better looking. 
I wish that I was taller instead of being short. I wish that I wasn't so overweight. And, you, and before you know it, you start thinking these things about yourself when all the while God says, I look at you and you says, I love you. You're my child. You're my son. You're my daughter. You're beautiful to me. It doesn't matter what anybody says about you. And by the way, uh, listen, the, the seedbed uh, for success in our mamas and daddies today, uh, listen, starts with you giving the right kind of words to your children. What kind of mother or father tells their son or daughter that they are a trouble to them? It is a privilege to have children in your home. And listen to me this morning. Nobody ever said it was going to be easy, but I want to warn every mama and every daddy in this church of the future and the success in your children begins with you and how that you talk to them and you treat them. They know whether or not you love them or not. Aiken began to look. His daddy and his granddaddy Everybody before them must have had a tempting spirit because the Holy Spirit shows us in verse number one what was going on. Now listen. Achan looks and he hides it. And I wonder how long he thought he could hide it. What's in your tent today? I wonder how hard it was to pick that Babylonian garment out. Anybody's done a Bible study about Babylon? And what Babylon, Babylon is the opposite of what God is. It is a self-righteous group of people that's trying to build their way to God through religion, through success, through fame, whatever you want to say. And they're going to build their own tower unto God. And I wish that we could get it in our hearts that every good gift and every perfect gift cometh down from God above with whom there is no variable, is neither shadow of turning. That everything that we got is a gift from God. But he hid this goodly Babylonian garment and he couldn't show it to anybody. Why, why would you have to have it? Why would you want something that you couldn't uh, be in awe of in front of the other brothers and sisters in Christ? Maybe he was going to start a revolt. Maybe he was going to start his own church. And that, In fact, that seems like what everybody's doing these days. We'll find a, a storefront somewhere in town and we'll start us another church up when the churches we got are not even filled up. And you know what You know what? a lot of people are doing? They're saying, we're going to start us another church, another movement. We're going to rebel against the status quo and we're going to do what we want to do. Listen to me this morning. Uh, most of our churches, there's nothing wrong with our churches except one thing. There's too much pride in our churches to the point where that when a person comes in, they stay two to three weeks among many of the mountain churches and they begin to see the faults that's in those people. How long can he hide? How long can you hide a certain sins in your life? And I'm willing to bet today in this service the Holy Spirit has already revealed to you your pet sin that is leading you down the wrong road. Your pet sin. You looked at it. Now it's in your possession. And you've hidden it in the tent. Not only that, he had two other possessions that did not belong to Achan. And that was silver and gold. Kind of reminds me of a verse in the New Testament. 
just before Jesus comes, he said that the church would be in a state of lukewarmness and they had increased with such wealth and goods that they were, they, they thought within their mind that I, I'm, I'm increased with all these goods. I don't need anything. And listen, is that not the truth of today in the modern church? We've got more now than we ever, and I want to warn of the rich that are among us today. If God has blessed you with great wealth and great riches, uh, listen, friend, maybe God has given you that to support a great mission or to support a great cause or, for the, or to help somebody. Uh, that's right, I said help somebody uh, that, listen, who financially just can't get on their feet. Uh, listen, God told me to tell you to warn those that are rich the book says to help others and have we not got more than we ever have have had I am so amazed at how little my forefathers had and how they succeeded and had success and I can't I can't imagine living the way that some of your your parents and grandparents live with no power and no electricity they didn't go to the doctor every week for for needs they they needed something, they took care of it themselves. And I look at, at our generation and I wonder, what is our pet sin that we've got hidden in our tent? Maybe it's money. And how is it that a man, and I'm in this boat too, thinks that the only way to real firm success is to have a big bank account? Whatever happened to trusting in God and I want to promise you that when you come down to the end of life's way, it's not going to be, God, God's not going to be concerned with how much money you've left behind. That is the truth. And we think about all these things that we've got to have in life. And I'm right there with you. We think we've got to have a fine car. We've got to have a nice home. We've got to do like everybody else is doing. When our little children our little children have never seen or can I ask you something has your young daughter or your young son ever saw you praying down on your knees somewhere listen to me the other day I was down in my study praying and Leslie Ann comes running down the steps and there she is standing there right before me I never stopped praying. I want to tell you something today. Don't ever be ashamed. Don't ever be ashamed to pray in a public place, in a restaurant, in the house of God. I want to tell you something. You want to make it easy for your children when it comes time for them to get saved? You make your pathway and your own trail to the altar. And let those kids see mom and daddy on their knees before God. And, and perhaps the altar won't be so, so much of a place to be afraid of. They'll get up and maybe it'll make it easier for them to get the altar and pray. Aiken said, I've got all these things hidden. Nobody knows about them. But all the while there was an omnipresent and an omnipotent God in heaven that knew where the accursed thing was at. And now... They began a search throughout all the land to see who had this sin. And how would you like to be the one where Joshua was at 
Now listen to me. I've been where Joshua is at in this verse. I have. And our deacons have. You know, there's certain sins that we can never allow to happen in this church. In this church, be right with God. Never. Let's say there's a Sunday school teacher. I'm just throwing this out here. In our church. Or let's just pose it this way. A deacon. And they're having an extramarital relationship with somebody that is not theirs. What are we to do? That's when you put your boots on and your big boy pants. And you get a plan together with the deacons and the leadership of this church. And we go to them in love. We don't go there with an axe to grind. We go there in love. We reach out to them and we let them know. This is what the Bible says. And this can't be tolerated. Now some churches may do it different from what I've told you today. I want to tell you something. This is where the rubber meets the road. Nobody knows of that relationship that so-and-so's having. And they may not know, but God does. And I have had mothers stand on my doorstep, bawling their eyes out and saying, Preacher, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And husbands standing there at the preacher's house, Wanting to know what to do. I've even had them show up. Whole families come in my yard. Wanting to try to settle land disputes, fights, and all kinds of things that's going on. That's none of my business that I actually cannot help. And all I can do is say, you've got to get to God. And there may be a time in our future, and as long as the world exists, there are going to be all kinds of sins that come through the church. But the church is going to have to stand again. You have listened to Pastor Les Fuller at Mount Gilead Baptist Church. Please join us at 11 a.m. at 5332 Highway 52 East, Dahlonega. Or view our live stream on Facebook. May God bless you for listening. 97.5 Glory FM, your family radio station in North Georgia. It's 8.30 in